This week on the Erotic Awakening Podcast. Sexy in bed, butt stuff, and consent. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well as, as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, sexy stuff in bed. <laughs> uh, we have our interview with our resident butt expert, Kat, who's going to talk about our, that <laughs> oh, butt toy. Oh, that's the butt toy. Okay. <laughs> yes, and she does not like the idea that she is our resident butt expert, but hey. <laughs> we don't know anybody else. Well, <laughs> I'm sure we do, but actually, I'm sure we know tons up. of people. But they, but she was walking by the office and I had a microphone. There we go. <laughs> and we are also going to be talking about consent. And we are actually um, going to be talking with. Well, we don't really know exactly how that's going to go yet. We have somebody planned to be interviewed in the next f- 13 minutes or so. So hopefully that'll come through. Otherwise, it'll just be me and Dan talking about consent. <laughs> you can consent. Uh, <laughs> nope, on out of that. Dawn, though, we are going to start off today with the question of this, Dawn. Uh-oh. What is the sexiest thing someone has done to you in bed? The sexiest thing? Yep. Or the naughtiest thing? I will leave you to interpret the uh, question as you wish. Oh, there's been a lot of stuff. You answer first. What's the sexiest thing that's been done to you in bed? And it better be me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, that's... um, Isn't it hard? Because I'm thinking through a lot of stuff. Let me give you some examples. Okay. Of how other people have answered this question. Okay. All right. Um, One person says, I love it when he preemptively covers my mouth because it means he's about to do something that is going to make me scream. Oh, I like that too. (laughs) I do like that. Mm -hmm. Though I was thinking sexiest, what popped into my head for sexiest. I mean, to me, that's naughty. So... uh, but I'm sure I can come up with some more naughty ones. But sexiest, it popped into my head, I think rose petals and blah, blah, blah. Oh, sure. And we actually had a poly partner Mm -hmm. that got us a hotel room and knew how busy we were, so got us a hotel room, covered it in rose petals, the bed in rose petals, and had, like, incense going and all kinds of stuff and just made the room really, really sexy for us and then left toys all over the other bed that we could play with and... Kissed us both and left. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. That was, uh, I remember that night because one of the things that you tried was um, to pierce my pussy lip. Oh. Do you remember that? No, I don't. So, yeah. So it was very, it didn't work, <laughs> but it was very intense. And yeah, so that was, that was really cool because I must have been talking about that a lot and she was listening. So, um, <laughs> so sexiest, that would be the way my brain thinks okay. the sexiest. I'll, I'll give you another example of how someone else answered the question. Because Naughty's going through my head right now. <laughs> uh, one thing he did was lick from my clit, up over my stomach, over my nipple, up to my mouth, kissed me, and then went back and did it again on the other side. Mm. Over and over and over again. That's sexy. That's not bad. That's awesome. One of my sexies is when you had me on hands and knees mm-hmm. and went to fuck my ass. And I pulled away, and you grabbed my hips and said, where the fuck are you going, and pulled me back to you. That was hot. That's not bad. (laughs) That wasn't bad. I seem to recall a very similar, except for instead of pulling you back, I just kind of followed you until you had nowhere else to go. Pushed me into the mattress on top of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That was hot, too. (laughs) Are you thinking? Well, I've got one... That I can't remember if it was you. You can't remember if it's me or not. Great. So I don't know if I want to share that Okay. So, but lots of sexy stuff goes on in our bed and in our spare bed. Yes, yes. And we're very fortunate. And the neat thing is, I mean, you know, I would love to say, oh, there's this time with two women and three women. And we've had those, but those really don't rate as the sexiest thing ever. Those are logistical nightmares. Well, they're fun, but they're logistical. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily that they're logistical. It's that who is it that you're with? 
mm-hmm. right? Part of it that makes it super connecting and deep and, and sexy for me is who the people are with. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a situation where I've been with two women at once that I was deeply uh, emotionally engaged with. Yeah, well... Are you, are you questioning? Are you thinking, are you going to remind me of something? I'm not questioning that that's your experience, but um, I have had the experience where you've thrown me over another woman and then fucked me. Yes. Because you weren't in a fucking place with them yet. Mm-hmm. So to tease them that they're going to get fucked and then throw me over them and fuck me, that's hot. Yeah. That's sexy. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so and, that's my experience. And those are good experiences. Mm-hmm. So I like them. I'm all grins now. I'm like I, thinking now all I'm kinds thinking of stuff. There, there are a few of them <laughs> other that are coming into my mind now. Um, one of them, um, uh, if you remember years ago, or it might have been last week, I don't recall, <laughs> uh, I put you on your knees and used your mouth uh-huh. to, what do they call it, fluff me. Oh, yeah. For what I was going to do after Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, I remember um, that. There was the time, see a lot, wait a minute, who was that? <laughs> and... Can it be your sexiest time ever if you don't remember who it was with? I don't know. It's just the action, right? So you really don't remember? Can you remember where? That might clue you in as to who. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) That's how I have to remember sometimes. Which bed was it? Which state was I in? (laughs) (laughs) That is particularly naughty, honey. I like it. (laughs) Uh, I will give you one more from the list. Um, I have not seen this before. I've not read this, but this one I did not pre-read. Okay. We were getting intimate in the shower. She took my penis and put it between her legs and her taint. And, oh, and this is one of, this actually reminded me of one. Okay. Uh, She put it between her legs and her taint and started grinding me. When she noticed I was getting close, she started jerking me off and pushed me against the wall. She put her knee, uh, this is a very long one. Okay. So this one did not involve you. It was way before any BDSM or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it involved my very, very first wife, as a matter of fact. Uh-oh. I'm still friends with her, you know. Yes. I may have to. No, I won't tell well, her. Well, <laughs> you know, and I think that actually it was, it was, so what ha- she had just had a baby. Right. So her vagina couldn't be used. Right. So she did something with um, Vaseline. Mm-hmm. And got me to fuck her legs. Oh, and fuck her thighs. Yeah. Yeah. And although that wasn't the greatest sex of my life, yeah, it was very connecting. It was very sexy, nice. you know, that she wanted to do that. Nice. So I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. You've done that with me before, but I bet it wasn't the same as what you were just experiencing with that. You probably got the idea from that to do it with me. Mm-hmm. So it was a very long time ago. But, uh, but, yeah, the whole idea that she couldn't do it any other way, so offered that. That's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. So. There's cool. all kinds of people walking around here at the space outside Uh-oh. the studio, but we left the door <laughs> open on purpose. So now they're all wondering, what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, let's move on. Cool. Can we ask a couple of questions, or do you want to go over tentacles? Ask who a couple of questions? About the bucket list. Oh, yeah, go over tentacles while I get the bucket list ready. Okay, so we do have a couple of people that sent me a couple of pictures. We've got a mad queer sent a starfish on land. It was a starfish that was actually walking oh, yeah. on the beach. Wasn't that cool? It was pretty cool. I, it was really, I've not seen a starfish fish walk on land before. Yeah, so it was wasn't sexy cool like my tentacles, but it was interesting cool. So that was kind of neat. And then um, Ohio Hedgehog has gotten back into the groove again and uh, sent me some links of some pop covers. So is that like pop fiction? So like old, well, why do I want to say nickel novels or something? But yeah, why not say something nickel like novels. that? Sure. So and then it's uh, some of the covers that has the tentacles and the all that kind of stuff going on, which is awesome. So I think I, I see our our nine p.m. interview person. Is that who that is over there? No? Maybe. Okay. So. No. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, and then you had cupcakes. Yes, uh, Selfbound seventy seven sent me cupcakes on. Breast, which I have gotten cupcakes on breast before, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. oddly enough. <laughs> but these were lactating nipples Ooh. with the caption, something along, who wants milk with their cupcakes? Nice. Uh, I have not seen that before, so there no, you go. That was a little different. What do you think about that whole, would you suck a woman's lactating nipples? I wouldn't mind mine being sucked. I don't know that I would suck somebody else's. Because you, you'd have to be fluid bonded. Oh, good call. 
Yes, it's a fluid. I remember somebody being um, kicked out of a dungeon before because they were serving their own breast milk. And it was uh, her master was doing it as a punishment to her or a reward to her or something. But regardless, it was fluid. So and it wasn't allowed in the dungeon. So weird. Yeah. For some reason, that reminded me of the time we saw somebody jerking off somebody's shoes. I remember that, too. Which was like one of the very first things we ever saw in a dungeon. Yes. Um, so speaking of things that happen in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, uh, is this, these. Is this the bucket list? This is the bucket Ooh, list. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. So uh, our current score, if I remember correctly, is 32.5 for 35. Ooh. And it only goes to 69, so let's not let okay. them fall uh, too far behind. And okay. these, hopefully there's some easy ones here. But we did get a half a point because of something I accomplished since we've started this list. No, we moved it to a full point. That was oh, scored. Oh, right, Because right. I already got a half point. Oh, that's right. Because I'm a team player. <laughs> uh, speaking of half points. Oh, good, good, good. It says use, not used on. Okay. Use a glass dildo or vibrator? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I love glass. I even have a tentacle one. Uh... <laughs> Fuck in public while fully clothed. Fuck in public. Okay. Does being fucked in the water at a beach count because you're wearing a swimsuit? Was the swimsuit on? Yes. But it was in the water Mm. on a public beach. I'm going to go yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So I've done that before. Was that me? No. No. That was way before even the first marriage. Uh, Oh, you know what? boyfriend. Um... Do soccer parks count? Soccer parks count. Okay, that was me and you. Woohoo! <laughs> and the next one, do it in a body of water. Yep. There's I just well, I just one. said I did that one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this one's a little weird. Glee's spoken. Uh-oh. I hope I've done it. Pool, comma, ocean, hot tub, sprinklers, rain. You know, your choice. Probably have you done it in that. Well, it just asked if you did it in a body of water. Right. That's dumb. Well, we've done it in a hot tub. Not Both. our hot tub. Not in case our hot tub. It was a cabin hot tub. Yes. And so what were the options? And I'll tick them off. Have I done it in a pool? Pool? Yes. Ocean? Yes. Hot tub? Yes. Sprinklers? No. That doesn't even make sense. Rain? No. <laughs> Rain? Probably. I can't think of it, but probably. I don't think I've kissed in the rain because that's still on my bucket list, but I have fucked in the rain. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> And uh, finally, from the number 40 for today. Yes. Join the Mile High Club. No. But we have two plane trips coming up. (laughs) (laughs) I have not. Well, there you go. We have two plane trips coming up. We do have two plane trips coming up. So that's another one, two, three, four for five on that Have you seen how small those bathrooms are? I don't know that I want to do it in a plane bathroom. Fair. So now we're going to listen to, uh, earlier in a couple podcasts ago, we mentioned we had a big uh, black toy that Mm -hmm. is for the prostate, and we couldn't figure out how it works. Right. Fortunately, we had Kat come on the pod, or at least be interviewed, and she explains how it works. And uh, I'm sure that the evil grin had nothing to do with any visions of how it could work. (laughs) So, Don, recently you and I have been checking out these new toys that we have from Adam and Eve. and Only, the, only visually, though. Visually, Let yes. play with them. And the prostate ones were not too clear on how they work. So uh, we've got our resident prostate expert with us tonight, <laughs> Kat. Kat, thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. So the I'm first not an one expert. <laughs> is we've, we identified most of the things that go in here. We get most of it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I question, though, this thing here that looks to me uh, like out. a child baby aspirator. A baby aspirator. It's, or, or a turkey baster. Mm-hmm. Is it for turkey Ooh. basting? Um, well, I suppose you could use it for that, but Ooh. it does not look like it's what that's for. It looks like it's for cleansing beforehand if someone doesn't want to do an enema. And it doesn't look like it'd be a very sanitary way of doing it as far as keeping it clean. But, um, yeah, no, it's not something I would personally Doesn't it look use. like it's got a suction cup on the bottom? Yeah, it does. And if it opens on the bottom, then mm-hmm. it would be okay because then you'd be able to actually clean and cleanse the interior. Oh. But without being able to fully know that you've cleansed the interior, I mean, you could absorb, you could suck yeah. up like alcohol or something, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah. But that's not the one we really care about. So first off, describe this one to our audience. It is the... Um, 
silicon peace spot massager. Um, well, first of all, it looks kind of like um, one of those stone carved pieces of art. And in fact, there's kind of the lumps and the shape. Yeah, it does. It looks like the one with mm -hmm. the, the woman. That, oh, the well, the woman a, and the, the child. Woman and child. Yeah. Yes, oh. that's exactly what it reminded me it of. It does. Um, but yeah, it's it's used. the The larger part that is sticking out is definitely used for penetration to and it's stimulate. Large. Yeah, it's that's a fairly substantial one. That's not something that's for a brand newbie. Um, Noted. So it would definitely <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be used for reaching into the prostate. And actually, it's a little bit on the long side for that. Um, usually, especially with my hand, the length of the middle finger is pretty sufficient. Um, and this is a good inch past that. And much rounder. Yeah, much, much <laughs> thicker. Yes, yes. Um, then there is a, a area with a hole in it at the bottom, and that is so that you don't lose it. Um, just to let you know, I heard you on the, the last podcast that, that you were discussing these items, and you were talking about the fact that if you lost something seven inches up the rectum, uh -huh. um, that's very possible to do. You always want to have something that's an anchor. The rectum and the, and the colon and everything doesn't end. You can go all the way up to your elbow, and things can get lost in there. And I, I know people that have worked in emergency rooms and had all kinds of interesting oh. x-rays come out. So. Fair. Good to know. So yes. you want a phalange yes. or something you want You want to. something that either keeps it from going in, or you want something you can hold on to, or even just a string attached to it if need be. But Fine. you want to make sure you don't lose it up there. The that can cause problems. of the string coming out. Yes. Yeah. It's not good, but okay. it's better than losing it up there. Yes. And then the last piece is in the front, you have the smaller part that is protruding. And Don, you had that right. That's for outer prostate stimulation. Okay, the taint. Yes, on the so taint. So it's the taint. If you use like a knuckle yeah. on the taint, you can actually mm -hmm. massage the prostate right that way. Right below the testicles, there's an area that if you press in, it mm -hmm. will actually put stimulation against the yeah. prostate from now, the outside. Now, it just so happens that the, uh, the Taoists call it the million-dollar point, and it's used to prevent oh. orgasm. Okay. And it, and it very well could be, yes. If you uh -huh. press hard enough on it, you yeah. could cause that, yes. So with that in mind, it doesn't seem like this whole huge part actually goes that deep, right? Because that um, would stop it, it from It depends going. on how you angle it. If you angle this so that it's going in and up, this can ride on the outside. And where it's curving in towards the larger one actually is the part that would press. It's not the tip. For the podcast listeners who cannot see the hand symbols that she's using... <laughs> Picture somebody pulling a hook out of a fish's mouth. Kind, kind of, of yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah, this is even more appealing than it was earlier. Yeah. No, so this uh, this is not a toy that I would recommend for anyone that hasn't um, played quite a bit. And yeah. Well, even this one that's got the different pieces, that's kind of huge to start with. Well, it depends. Maybe not that It depends one. on, the, yeah, the butt plug that's in there, it looks like a fairly small one. Um, but it depends on how big it actually is in there. Yeah. This may only be an inch at its most, which... Again, the part that, that is uncomfortable for people is the sphincter allowing things in. It's not once things are already up in there. So it could be quite uncomfortable. Dawn's going to but. demonstrate how this goes right now by pulling it out and putting it in someone's <laughs> anus. Who's um. volunteering? <laughs> I'm holding a microphone, so You're I really can't right now. And, yeah, I don't think it's it's cat's thing. No, it's so not. So it would have to be me. Oh, darn. Aww. And you're going to have to do it yourself. <laughs> oh, really? Which is something that I've seen in videos. Okay, it's a little one. Yeah, see, it's not very large at all. I, I, well, that's not true. That is still fairly large the for a new person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pink one is perfect for a beginner. It's okay. a little tiny, probably, what, three half an inch to three quarters of an inch? Something in like a, that. In a box of, in a package of... Easeline. Yes. And then the the larger one that looks like it has the suction cup on the end and does it it may or may not vibrate, I don't know. Um yeah. anyway that one Oh, desensitizing gel, but that's cheating. Um, <laughs> actually no, that's actually really nice because the sensation again, you're not desensitizing the prostate, you're desensitizing where the sphincter area is and allowing it in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cheating. Yeah. <laughs> well I, I as as a female that's experienced anal, yes, I would have to agree that's cheating and the boys need to suck it up. Right. Um, <laughs> There's more cups out there for water. So, Kat, thank you very much, I think, for explaining yes. these anal evilness to us. Um, I don't know how to get them back in. Someone's going to have to use and, them. And on a personal <laughs> note, hands are much better than any of the toys, in my personal opinion. 
Good See, I agree all the way around. Yes. Hands are better yes. for everything. You but can tell what you're doing. You can have very fine yeah. spots located. But the these works. are yes. actually pretty decent quality Oh, no, these toys. are very quality. And for anyone that's had experience, these mm -hmm. would be wonderful to use. They're just not ones that I would necessarily recommend for someone brand new. Yes. So for our podcast listeners, uh, if you go to your dictionary now and look up evil smile, you'll <laughs> see Kat's face when she's explaining how to use your hands. Uh -huh. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Don, uh, the other day I walked up to somebody who are at the space and they were wearing a shirt, so I grabbed their boobs. And somebody suggested that was not appropriate action. You didn't do that. No, but it's the only segue <laughs> that I could think of to get started on this. So, we have brought in a consent, I'm going to say a consent, an, I'm going to say a registered consent expert. Oh, registered. Yes. <laughs> licensed. She's licensed. Licensed. The license. I just my license. You. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, so the space has embodied you with the license of consent expert. That sounds so, super real and professional. Good, good. So, Ms. Amanda, thank you for joining the, coming on the podcast. You just wrapped up a moment ago a conversation about consent of some sort. Yes, uh, here at the Columbus Space, I've started uh, hosting a kink and consent discussion that we have quarterly. Um, also, thank you guys for having me. I'm sorry if I sound a little weird. I'm <laughs> getting okay. over a cold, so uh -oh. I'm sorry. You're all right. <laughs> no yeah, it's all good. That's why we have a uh, uh, sneeze guard between us, actually. Oh, Don't take yeah. it personally, though. <laughs> um, so why did you start a kink and consent discussion? Is it a discussion group, or is it a class, or? No, it's very much a discussion group. Um, you know, as, as anybody that's been on FetLife for more than five minutes, we'll see that there are a lot of discussions surrounding consent and consent violations and issues and all of those things happening in a ton of communities across the country. Um, you know, and while here in Columbus, we tend not to have massive consent issues, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> it's also a probably a good thing to try to prevent those things from happening. So rather than continuing to have these discussions online where Sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you get people that just kind of wander in and stir shit just to stir shit. Um, bringing those conversations offline and into a community space where we can talk about those things face to face, um, I think it's been really beneficial. And also, so we're not just kind of scrambling if something ever were to happen, we would already have a discussion and an expectation in place for members of the community. So we would know how to handle it if things do you know, go south ever. Right. And what kind of uh, attendance are you getting? Are, do people care? People do care. Um, I mean, we've only had, this was only the second one. And like I said, we do this quarterly. So I think this evening we had, I want to say about 10 people, not mm -hmm. including myself. And then the same one was about the same. Uh, I mean, the, the first one was about the same, excuse me. Um, but also like these things are happening not just at the, the, the kink and consent discussion group. I'm also getting a lot of people that will come up to me and talk to me about things while we're at meet and greets or, you know, even when we're at something like new to kink or parties, any number of these things. I think just having something like this in existence is making people realize like, oh, yeah, we can talk about all of these crazy things and it's okay to talk about them. And it's a positive thing to talk about them as well. Let's so, find out if it's a positive thing. Yeah. Lay it on, honey. No. <laughs> I do have some questions for you, but yeah. um, um, I want to um, mention first that um, I like the idea of people being able to talk about their experiences, right? Because um, as Produ as producers, as directors of the space, or even as producers of our event, you know, we get people that come to us that say, you know, hey, this was a consent violation, or hey, I want you to be aware that it seems someone may have a pattern mm -hmm. of being a consent violator. So we have to keep our eyes open as well to, you know, help protect the community as, as much as we can, right? So, but um, the, the questions I have for you, though, is that... Um, Recently, at least recently, there seems to be a lot of people reporting consent violations and a lot of other people saying, no, 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 these aren't consent violations. These are smear campaigns. I mean, do you have thoughts about that? Because we're having to deal with that a lot lately. I mean, do you think, I guess the question is, um, do you think consent violation is starting to be overused? Um, well, that's a lot of questions. It is a lot of questions. So start with start with that one, I guess. Uh, is so consent violation being overused? Yeah. I think that it is a very broad term. And I think that there are occasionally circumstances where maybe it's applied when it necessarily shouldn't be. But I think that having conversations about consent also help include those, help, um, 
I'm not sure of the right word, mm-hmm. kind of help soothe those sort of situations. Mm. Because especially a lot of times you'll find some of these situations are coming up from new people where they just know that they've been in a situation where maybe they don't fully understand everything surrounding it. And they just know that they come away from it being like, that didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Something something about this isn't necessarily right. And I think what's very important is even if we don't label those as full, quote unquote, consent violations, that we still offer those people a chance to be heard and have their feelings validated. Because while maybe the other person didn't, you know, the other people involved didn't think that they violated consent or maybe it was something that they thought that they were doing fine, that doesn't negate the fact that this person still feels violated or they still have a very negative feeling about, about what occurred. And being able to speak with people about that, I think that's incredibly important. Um, as for, you know, there being a lot of consent violations coming out, especially recently, well, if you look in the vanilla world, there's also ridiculous amounts of sexual assault mm-hmm. cases that are mm-hmm. also coming to the forefront. I think what's really important is that I, I always tend to, to be a little suspicious of people that are like, oh, it's only a smear campaign. Mm-hmm. Because usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And when there are multiple reports of the same individual engaging in questionable behavior, there's usually something going on there. Um, and even if maybe if it doesn't fall into like a consent violation where somebody was raped or sexually assaulted, there still might be problematic behavior there that as a community we do have to explore and take a look at. Also, I would say that our norms and our culture as a kink community and even out in the vanilla world are changing pretty rapidly over the last few years. They're very quickly evolving into what sort of behavior is okay and what isn't okay in, t- in interacting with one another. Um, and I think having discussions about that and, and believing people when they say, I've experienced this, I was violated, I was assaulted, something along those lines. Um, I think that it's very important to honor those and have those conversations and recognize that this is definitely a problem that sometimes occurs. Do you think, it, because I'm on some leadership message boards outside of Fet Life, right, where Part of the purpose of that, that leadership board is to say, oh, so-and-so person's a consent violator, right? It seems to be, right now, and it not even seems to be, on this particular view, of the last 10 people that have been mentioned, 10 of those people are rope people. <laughs> what the fuck's up with the rope world? You know, what's really funny is I feel like for the last, uh, I'm probably going to piss off a lot of rope people when I say this, but I feel like for the last three or four years, when I've stepped, when I've stepped back and looked at all of the things that are happening, I'm like... These are typically heterosexual men that are in positions of power that are rope tops that are committing these things. What is going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's even a question that they're starting to ask themselves a lot is what is happening here? I think that um, I mean this in the most loving way possible. I think that the rope community tends to be almost like the art school kids of any BDSM community. <laughs> and, and I mean that in the way that they, they create very beautiful art. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. But I think sometimes people get a little caught up and maybe even like a little power drunk on all of the awesome benefits that come with being a rock star rope top where it's like I create these beautiful things and all of these amazing women and men come flock to me and I think they get a little bit power drunk and they're just not thinking about things clearly that obviously does not excuse their behavior and if anything if they are in a leadership or an educational position I think that the stakes are about 10 times higher for how they should behave um but it is a little bit strange that it's it's all rope tops like what are you guys drinking? What's happening right. here? What's yeah. in the water? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and not to say we're suggesting that only rope tops are uh-uh. consent violators, but it is no. right now at this particular moment where a lot of abuse is being recognized. I think also <clears throat> what part of it is because it's such a visual kink, um, like it's almost like, you know, the movie stars of our communities where that's where everybody looks. Those are the people that um, others pay attention to. So yeah, it's people are going to notice when a violation is brought up. And that a lot of these are like big name individuals where, you know, we see their pictures nonstop on Kinky and Popular on FetLife. Right. Or they're the people that are headlining at, at performances or, or conventions. Like those are the names that we know. So they're going to garner more attention. Um, I think that you know, maybe they don't happen more frequently, but they just get more attention rather than Joe Schmo somewhere in some little town, some, you know, where 12 people know him as opposed to 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, something you said, I'm just writing myself notes so I don't, I am too. So I don't ask things out of order. Um, but uh, so something that you said uh, as a, it's probably not the same word you used, but as a leader, someone that's looked up into the community, um, they have to be 10 times more responsible. So 
I, I get really curious about that because they're also human. Is it just because they're so visible? Because like Dan and I, we know we have bullseyes on our backs. Mm -hmm. So we are very, very careful with anything we do, but we also know that anything we do could be taken the wrong way. So, damn I, it, two questions there again. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. So, um, so do you really think that, that um, people in the spotlight should be 10 times more focused on not crossing the boundaries? I guess that's the first question. I don't think it's necessary that they should be more focused on crossing the boundaries. I think they need to be more aware of them, and I think they do need to be held accountable, almost, and yes, to a higher standard. I realize a lot of people might not think that's fair, but not only are you in a position of power, which is automatically going to make things a little bit uncomfortable for people that you interact with, like there's an implied power differential there. Mm -hmm. um, not only is that present, um, where that could be easily exploited and taken advantage of, also, when you're in a position of power, uh, it's your responsibility to lead by example, you know, and I know that there are tons of event organizers out there that do not agree with that, or even presenters out there that do not agree with that. But that's just the way that it is. People are looking up to you. People are looking to you for guidance and education. And whether you want it or not, that's what people are entrusting you to or entrusting you with. Um, when you have that level of power with people and, and people are trusting you that much, it's your duty to actually fulfill those expectations. I'm not saying that we don't screw up as event leaders, organizers, whatever. Absolutely. But I think what's also important is when those, when mis genuine, honest mistakes are made, that people are able to look at them objectively and be like, wow, yeah, I really did act out of line. I'm going to have a sincere apology and find a way to actually make amends for this. Because I'm sure you guys are more than aware of things that are, that have some credit to them. Like, oh yeah, my behavior was not okay yeah. there. Whereas, yeah, the, the bullseyes on your back where you're like, this is ridiculous. Right. Like, there's a huge difference between those kinds of things. And I agree with you, actually. And, and it's funny because we, I just, earlier in my corporate world, we hit, it's core, it's ethics and compliance week at my corporate job. <laughs> and one of the things that they emphasize is that ethics is a top down. It's the leader. People will model their leaders behaviors. And uh, what they did not say was in our political climate, we can model. We model our leaders. Mm -hmm. Right. But it worked. Absolutely. You model your leaders. If you see your 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 leadership acting unethically, then it's kind of OK for you to act unethically. And I, I agree with you in that you, we do set the bar and we should set the bar and we should be held, whether we should or not, we are held uh, at a high standard. Mm -hmm. my, my problem is, is sometimes I forget I'm one of those people. That, <laughs> you know, because well, I, I walk around and I know everybody here. I, I forget that how I see myself and how other people perceive me is different. So therefore I am held, not that I don't hold myself to a higher standard, you know, I do, but I forget that I'm also expected to do that because I'm perceived in this role mm -hmm. that I forget I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I think even forgetting that you're in this role sometimes, in a way that that's kind of beneficial because that gives people a chance to see you as human. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's actually, this is kind of a veer off from talk, just talking <laughs> about consent. But when you're talking about positive and good leadership, it's it's good for people to see you as human and realize like, oh, sometimes we do make mistakes and it's okay. And you can also use that as a way to demonstrate to people how to handle, you know, when they screw up. So let's take this situation, which I don't know enough about to speak about it, but I'll, I'll try anyway. <laughs> I'll try okay. anyway. Based, on, based on my understanding of, and my deep analysis of the news with Howard Stern is that if our understanding is so this cat Louis CK is some kind of famous comedian yes and my understanding is that he masked you don't know anything about I don't this. know no. anything about this. I know that he's a comedian <laughs> okay right? but my understanding is that he masturbated in front of women oh mm -hmm. I did hear about that okay I didn't know and he admitted that. that he did such but he said I asked them if it was cool and they said yeah it's cool <laughs> so I masturbated in front of them and now it's you know at what point, and my understanding of the reason that that's a consent issue, issue is what you were talking about earlier, is his 
position of power. Well, and I feel like some context to that situation is important. It's not like he just randomly came across these women or he knew them or he was in their apartment or anything like that. Like they were in a workplace setting. Like Mm. he he was in a position of power at work, Um, which even if you ask somebody like, hey, can I masturbate in front of you? Like that's never acceptable, like in any workplace whatsoever. I'm saying at the kink club. (laughs) I mean, at the kink party it is, but no, workplace. uh... Here in my office at the space. (laughs) I don't know if that's so or not. And I mean, and yeah, he was he was in a position of power. These were women that were auditioning, you know, and how awkward is that to be like you're trying to get a job or or something along those lines. And the person is just like, hey, do you mind if I whack it and like look at you like, <laughs> you know, and, and what a dangerous position to also be in. Like, I'm in I'm here. I'm alone with this guy. He's asking if you can masturbate in front of me. And, you know, well, Louis C.K. tries to play off like, oh, I'm just this big dope. He is like a six foot tall, big, burly dude. Like, that's scary as hell. Um, so I think what's really important with things like this is that we actually look at the full context of them. We're like, yeah, you can be like, yeah, but he asked. Yeah, but it wasn't even appropriate to ask that question. And and that's one of the challenges is these, when you hear an accusation of, I heard that Joe Schmo, uh, with just my luck, there'll be someone in the scene named Joe Schmo, um, (laughs) is, you know, it was, you know, consented, violated someone's consent. We never hear the whole story. All we get is this blurb. Right. Where how do you how do you include in the story? Joe Schmo has been in the scene for 20 years. And in that 20 years, no one has ever said shit about him as being a consent violator until this one time. You know, is is should that be part of the story? And how do you do how do you make that part of the story? Um, Well, you're asking her tough stuff. Fucking hey, man. (laughs) I backed off on some of my tough stuff. No, have at it with the tough stuff. Um, I think that you're looking at two different situations here where you're looking at, like, just the story that people hear, like the gossip, quote unquote, that circulates the community. And also what happens when individuals are investigating consent violations. And what I mean by investigating consent violations is, um, you know, I work a lot with adventures in sexuality. Um, And when issues arise at our parties, at our events, anything like that, we do an investigation of our own where we try to get as much information as we can about what occurred. So, well, maybe those things don't come up when the gossip is all flying around. We usually look into that information. And a lot of the times, maybe it doesn't matter that they've been a part of the community for 20 years and they had this consent violation. Maybe what matters is the severity of that consent violation. Because if somebody has been around for 20 years and no one's ever said a bad word about them, but all of a sudden they're raping somebody in the back room, I don't care about their previous, you know. But if it's something along the lines of like, you know, here in the Columbus community, we have really huge personal bubbles where he hugged somebody that he shouldn't have. Like, maybe that's a little boundary pushing, but you're going to react differently to something like that Mm -hmm. rather than full out sexual assault. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, right. So maybe that's the segue I need to ask my other question because I didn't want to like change the topic really quick. But um, my other concern is with, um, um, I guess, all these, all these reports of consent violations is that flirting. I mean, it's like taking the fun. I've read a couple of things recently and I'm like, I'm not flirting anymore. If I touch somebody by mistake, I'm already nervous about flirting and awkward and everything. And now if I do something that's even out of my norm so that I can get out of my awkwardness and it's considered a consent violation. I mean, do you think this is taking the fun out of flirting? Um, I would be curious to see how much of these issues occur in real life versus mm-hmm. what people, um, w- hypothetical scenarios that people okay. come up with. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because while I think that flirting is still fun and awesome and yes, you should absolutely flirt, I think that sometimes these situations get twisted around a little bit where it's maybe somebody was being really inappropriate and they wrote it off as flirting. As flirting. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Um, and, and I think that maybe to even add on to it is incorporating consent into your flirting because there are some really sexy things that you can do when you, when you try to get so well, not try, when you <laughs> want to get a yes or a no answer from somebody, mm-hmm. when you want them to, to actually verbalize. That's really sexy and, and even kind of like a little power play when you can incorporate in like, I'm fine with whatever your answer is, but I just want you to hear, I just want to hear you say yes or no. Like that's, that's hot. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And finding a way to kind of wiggle that into it a little bit. See, Everything that can be really fun. Also. We need to get some flirting tricks from Amanda. 
So I'm liking that. I'm liking that yeah. whole idea because one of the things that um, I worry about with consent is um, I know there for a while it was stated that um, MS, Master-Slave Power Exchange, was actually messing up consent or the way people were thinking about consent. As in, and I'm trying to think of a scenario. So let's well, say- e easy enough, right? Don and I have a consensual non-consent agreement, mm -hmm. right? In that Don identifies as my slave. And if I tell her to climb under this table and start eating your pussy, she should just do it. And let me worry about it. I have to, it's not, I'm waiting to see what the response to that is. Let me pause this podcast for a moment. No, but it's my responsibility to be aware of you, of Dawn, and the whole consent thing, right? Dawn should assume Master has already, maybe this whole, maybe the recorder's not even going. Maybe this is just a big fucking setup. This is a whole setup. setup. Yeah, right? Great. Um, and it'll be on randompussylicker.com a little bit. I bet that's a thing. I bet it is. Or, you know, just something as, as simple as, um, well, all the all the MS type stuff and all the punishment type stuff. Uh, you know, you may well be in a situation where a, 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 the leader in the relationship says, I don't want you co contacting your parents anymore. They're, they're um, what's that? Caustic. Caustic? Toxic. Toxic. Right? I mean, caustic might work. Caustic might work. And one person might look at that and say, well, that's classic abusive behavior. Separation. You know, from, separating you uh -huh. from the people that you love. And somebody else might look at that and say, oh, no, no, I, I know those people. They are caustic and toxic. Whereas, and and somebody actually taking care of her by telling her not to contact her parents. But in the power exchange community, they might say, hey, it's, she's wearing a collar. It's none of your fucking business, Right. So that would be the, I don't know what your actual question was. I just had a bunch of scenarios. Yeah. So, well, I had that in mind, you know, like, um, but I was just thinking, I think it was um, NCSF that actually said, you know, the MS community was uh, giving bad examples of what Setting consent, a bad example. Setting a bad what example of what consent is supposed to be. What consent, yes. Th thank you for wording that correctly. <laughs> so, and, um. So She's got know, to look like, uh, is what? there a question in here? No, 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 no. That's not what my face ranting? is for. That's not what my face is so, for. So shut up and let her respond. Okay. Good, because I got another question and I hope I don't fuck it up too. Um, <laughs> okay, so there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. Um, I think, first of all, I think what people do in a relationship after they have negotiated and talked about and consented, like fucking go for it. Also, I think that consent gets more complicated the deeper and more intimate your relationship becomes. It becomes more nuanced, more detailed at that point. You know, I can go out and I can negotiate a scene very easily, very quickly, give and take consent. What um, if I'm just doing a pickup play? Whereas if I'm like involved in a deep DS or MS relationship, things do get a little bit crazy and complicated. Um, I think the idea that MS is demonstrating how, or not de correctly demonstrating how to do consent, I think that's interesting. And I would, I would, <laughs> I think that's a strange way to put it. And I would definitely be interested in seeing uh, why or what examples were used to give that. In my own experience, I think the only thing that and by all means, you guys can refute this. <laughs> the only thing that I think sometimes comes out of the MS or DS relationships that can kind of be twisted in that way is what people say to shock new people. Uh, a perfect example mm. of this is somebody um, uh, uh, somebody had messaged me and told me about the first time they ever met an MS or a DS couple. It was put out there immediately like, well, slaves can't say no. Slaves can't consent, which eh, you're kind of splitting hairs <laughs> here. We're not exactly, but also there's a lot more to that right. than just that shock and awe statement, right? Um, so I think maybe a beneficial thing would be to, to rather than lead with these shocking statements, kind of explain how, you know, complicated these relationships can become. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is difficult and because that's kind of the nature of the relationship. And I think what people are missing out on is that you know, you guys have conversations. I assume you have conversations. And also it is the ma it is a master's job to be looking after the slave, to be doing what is best for the slave and what is best for the relationship. I think people, you know, just have like the cartoonish Fifty Shades of Grey idea of what a master is in their head and that all of these masters are giant assholes who just want blowjobs all the time. I mean, I know that they just want blowjobs all the time, but... Um, 
but rather than actually looking at like the human aspect of it and how these relationships actually play out in healthy ways. Right, right. What do you think? Do you think that there's a big, and because, and you and I have had this conversation before, uh, where basically um, you're probably too young to drive and I'm too old to drive, I think is the way the conversation goes. <laughs> how, how much of the consent conversation is different between your oh, generation and too. my generation. And not that we're that many years different, but um, I was raised where, you know, I can you can see it in movies, you know, where touching a woman and putting your arm around her and how Leading many different... Her or guiding her through the door. Yeah, or, or yeah. how many of the different tricks was I taught growing up to how to put your arm around a woman in a really sly sort of, oh, so tired, <laughs> oh, you know, sort of thing, right? That was parson parcel. The whole flirting thing, the courting thing. To, you know, to making contact. And, and all the way back a little bit before that, and I clearly remember a scene, which you won't remember from a Western, and I can't remember, Clint Eastwood, blah, blah, blah. The point of it was Clint Eastwood grabs a woman and drags her into the barn and basically rapes her. And then the next scene you see is they're all cuddly. 007. Fucking 007. Oh, yeah, over and over again, that's what that was. So the point to that being, (laughs) how much of this is an age problem where you've not only, where people of a younger generation understand the consent issue very differently than people of an older generation? Or do you think that's all bullshit and just how old men get away with grabbing boobies? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think using that as an excuse to excuse on unacceptable behavior is bullshit but i think that there are there are some general generational differences there um i was actually talking with somebody recently about this where you know women my age i'm 30 my age and younger um we've been raised by other women in our lives to speak out when somebody is touching mm, us and right like we our generation in general is a little more empowered to be like no this stuff is not acceptable it's okay to say that it's not acceptable it's okay to defend yourselves whereas people that are maybe individuals that maybe are a little bit older than I am, there's not quite that full societal push. We were groomed to not make, to rock, not to rock the boat. Exactly. And it, it's, yeah. it's kind of flipped the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's where a lot of the issues come through is that, yeah, there's there's a generational difference a little bit and, and how we were raised and our, our norms are a little bit different. Um, but I feel like anybody, no matter how old they are, can understand like, hey, I don't want you to fucking grab my tit. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, right. that's right. pretty... Uh, that's pretty straightforward. And not to mention, you're talking about movies and everything. That That's that's a whole other ball game of how female romantic is, interests are treated in movies. And while that's gotten a little bit better over time, there's still a lot of that weird, creepy, like, just stalk her until she dates you sort of stuff that's played out in <laughs> right? rom-coms. Right. Uh, which is, like, not at all how you should be trying to get somebody to date you. Uh, well, yeah. Did that kind of help Absolutely. a little bit? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I think it, part of it is you know, finding that difference between an excuse and, and like you said, women are taught to be empowered now versus... it's kind of funny because 007 popped into my head because when I first watched 007, it's like, oh my God, hot and sexy. He's just taking her and doing what he wants to with her. You know, that's just just kind of makes me wet. (laughs) And then I watch it now and I'm like, Whoa, that's it's not like, right. What the hell? What the hell? We let we let them get away with that? What mm-hmm. the So that is really kind of weird how you look at it differently even as you age or come into contact with a different way of people being raised yeah. and, and, and what's norm now and things like that. Uh, on a side note, if you go back and watch Blazing Saddles, you're going to feel really <laughs> bad about the shit that you used to think was funny. Right. You're like, Ooh, that is really inappropriate. <laughs> no, but I mean, even with the, like, the 007 sex scenes or really any sex scene, I think what's really important is for people not to realize like, oh, this is desirable. This is how I should act in real life and realize like these are fictional scenarios. These are fantasies. And it's okay to do these things in fantasies after you've had a conversation to obtain consent with other people mm-hmm. um i think that's a pretty important point to note because some of those things are hot as hell i'm like yeah, oh hey <laughs> like in a fantasy scenario oh hell yeah but... have you ever done an investigation and i promise we're getting ready to wrap this thing up i know you're almost out of water <laughs> but for our podcast listeners every time you've said something we've written down another question so right okay. this could never end but we're gonna wrap it up but uh have you ever got done an investigation and someone has said, yep, this person's an event uh, consent 
violator. And that led to either them being banned or suspended or some action. But basically in your head, you said, yep, consent violator, right? Where you've ended up, is there a way to get forgiveness? Uh, and have you personally ever forgiven anyone? So I think it's important to note that my role is like an investigator or anything. Um, I mostly help advise on, I'm not the person oh, that does look, the final action. However, I'm going to say bullshit. No, no, no. Because you're I human. do have influence. Okay. I, I have some influence and over not, what happened. And not necessarily influence. I'm talking about you personally. Okay. We're making it personal. Okay. Yeah. I don't care about the organization, but you personally, have you ever gone through that whole, because it's a painful process where you've got to hear somebody, oh, this person's a scumbag, and you've got to face that. You've got to empathize with them, and you've got to judge or be part of the judgment process to say, yep, scumbag. Is there is there ever a point where you say, oh, they have done their time or they are forgiven or any situation like that? I think it very much depends on what they did. Okay. There are some things that, no, I, I don't care. I'm not going to forgive you. If it's something along the lines of what you did is a felony, and if we this was a court of law, you would be in jail for the rest of your life, or if somebody raped another person, anything mm -hmm. along those lines, like, absolutely not. I don't fucking care what you're going to do to make up for it. The, what you did is still very heinous, and your victim is going to be living with those scars the rest of their life. No, fuck you. But also, like, on the flip side, there are some people that just don't know shit, that are just new, or maybe they have some sort of, you know, social anxiety or, or, or mm. disability where they have difficulty understanding the full social context and cues. Like, for those things, yeah, I'm like, Ugh, this is a sticky situation. And while there's no excuses for what you've done, like, okay, let's maybe try to, let's work on this a little bit. Let's talk about what we could have done differently. And and forgiveness, I guess you could say, could be earned in seeing how a person reacts to those things. If they get really aggressive when they're called out as consent violator and they don't take any responsibility for their actions, then I'm like, oh, fuck you, whatever. Right. <laughs> but if there's somebody that's like, wow, I've, I didn't mean, even though I didn't mean to, I've hurt another person. Um, and they take responsibility and they give like a genuine, sincere apology and they make, act, they take active steps to make sure they don't do things like these in the future. Like, yeah, man, like shit happens like we're, we're humans but i think what is so important is what actually occurred like what the violation mm -hmm. was um and i think that plays a pretty big factor into the personal forgiveness of okay. ms demanda <laughs> <laughs> um okay well one more question if you don't mind yeah i can't remember what i was gonna ask it was gonna be so awesome oh, no. consent violating oh man that's so embarrassing i had a good one too oh you didn't share it with me i don't know what it I is i know i should have whispered it to you <laughs> do you have any questions for us no not really <laughs> <laughs> put it on her to come up with the no, 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 no. thanks <laughs> You're obviously very passionate about this, and mm -hmm. I very much appreciate that. And I appreciate that you are not, by the way, doing this because the space asked you to do it. You're doing it because you find it important, because you apparently have a reason that you, that it, it feels like something that you want to carry that banner and want to be that person. Because obviously so many people are – leaders get shit on. Well, guess what? Leaders in the consent, you know, conversation are going to get shit on, too. Oh, yeah. So that's completely fine. No. Very much appreciate your passion and being willing to step up and take and, and I actually that. thank you for coming in because I came Dan, Dan threw it over to my lap because I was carrying a different flag. <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, just t chatting about it, that kind of. So we've been really stressed out with some of the stuff that's come up about consent violations recently. So this talk was actually kind of needed. Absolutely. So we didn't record this. You actually just counseled us. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Uh, my uh, my fee is fifty dollars an hour. How about I've jumping been, on that couch? You for get me. paid just as much as. Hey, that's consent <laughs> violation. I think. <laughs> So, Dawn, we've been just sitting here after the interview. Just <laughs> keep chatting. Interview. So do this end thing with me. Okay. Our, and, Miss Demanda, you just sit there quietly, please. You'll have to consent <laughs> to our end bump. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe. You are currently listening to a song called Whim. The person we've seen most recently is Masters Hunt. The current sender of tentacles is Johnny Jackhammer. And Ohio Hedgehog. Oh, let's change that to Ohio Hedgehog. Sorry, Johnny. And the provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North, who will be seen soon, hopefully. And the official food that goes on boobs is 
lactating cupcakes. Bye, Dan. <laughs> Bye, Dom. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Vanda. Bye. Bye.